Hello and welcome to a bite-sized episode of the British English Podcast. You lovely listeners have been asking for some shorter episodes as well as the longer ones. So, your wish is my command. A phrase you can use whenever you deliver on somebody's requests promptly. Your wish is my command. So I'm a bit like a genie today. But uh, you don't need to rub uh, me nor my lamp because, um, well, I, I, I'm not interested in you molesting me and uh, I don't have a lamp. But I do have a teapot that I might like you to rub by the end of this bite-sized episode. Giving you a clue there as to what this episode is all about. Although, uh, yeah, on second thought, I suppose a teapot shouldn't be rubbed unless you want some lovely blisters or second-degree burns. So, let's get started with the show that helps non-native, intermediate to advanced learners feel more confident communicating with the wonderfully weird people that live on the British Isles through improving your cultural awareness and British English. Today's topic came to mind when speaking with a student from China who flew to the UK last year to uh, broaden her horizons and experience working alongside some of Europe's finest researchers in the field of neuroscience in the lively city of London. And while she has done exactly that, I've been able to hear about quite a few moments of cultural confusion over the last several months or so And I'd like to share one of them with you today. Let me set the scene. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, yes, I'm fine. Come on in, come on in. Okay, so we have set the scene. Hopefully... From the auditory sound effects, you have just imagined someone standing outside a person's house pressing the doorbell. Then the owner opens the door and welcomes them in. I would like to all be on the same page, so let me just confirm in your imagination you are in the UK in a typical residential road entering a typical British home. And it's in the next couple of moments of interaction that some cultural confusions can occur when being invited into a British person's home. So let's point them out. The first one that is a lot less important is the fact that you still have your shoes and potentially your coat on. Now, we're not like the Japanese providing you with a pair of guest slippers for the apartment and another pair for when you go to the bathroom, which amazed me when I found that out. So we're not like the Japanese in this regard. And um, most families in the UK couldn't give two shits about where you put your shoes or your coat. So you could probably just walk straight in. But we're not as relaxed as, for example, the Australians, who have been known to not even wear shoes. And this isn't just beach towns. I'm still amazed when I walk around a metropolis like Sydney and some people are taking their dogs for a walk barefoot. Absolutely bananas for me. Anyway, Uh, We are not Japanese, nor are we Australian. So I would say we're somewhere in between the two. Um, And as some households do actually care about this, in my opinion, it's it's best to just bring this up by asking simply, um, where would you like me to put my shoes? Or a more relaxed version, uh, where should I pop my shoes? Where should I pop my shoes? Pop, pop my shoes. And uh, a playful one might be, are you a shoes off kind of household? Now, this question will often get a, 
oh no, you can leave them on. We're not too fussy. And this might give you a clue as to how informal your behaviour and language can be to begin with. Or they will indicate where to put the shoes. If you say, where, where shall I put my shoes? And they, they give you a place. They give you a shoe closet, maybe. And then they might offer to take your coat, which means they are a bit more formal, at least on the surface, meaning um, from first glance. So you want to use a bit more formal language and be a bit more formal in your behaviour, at least to begin with, um, before you get more evidence of what they're really like. So you've dealt with the shoes and coat and you think you're away. But oh, no, we've just begun the dance as the host is getting ready to deliver the first complicated cultural blow. Oh, are you ready? Here it comes in the sound of... Can I get you a cup of tea? Why the dramatic music, Charlie? It's simple. Well, I thought that, I thought that as well, until my Chinese student shared her experience and point of view with me. So she said, no. To the cup of tea. And here's why. According to her experience when hosting back in Shanghai, she would never ask a guest this question. She would just make it and bring the tea out as an offering. Because to ask, in her belief, is like making the guest sound selfish and greedy if they say yes. And to make the host do something for you comes across as rude. Now, I know this is just anecdotal evidence, meaning just one person's experience. So I asked another couple of um, students, one from Hong Kong, one from another country in Asia that she didn't actually tell me. She didn't want me to know for some reason. But she was saying that she agrees. The person from Hong Kong said she agreed somewhat, but not to the extreme extent of thinking that it would be greedy. So it might not be as black and white as Chinese people think it's rude to ask, do you want a cup of tea? But it's still interesting because the result of this Chinese person feeling like it would be it would be greedy or it would sound rude to say yes to this offering of a cup of tea actually made the social environment less comfortable. And it will, for the majority of British families, it will make us feel less comfortable if we can't give you a cup of tea. You see, for a British person, hosting and making cups of tea goes hand in hand, meaning they go together. And if we welcome somebody into our home and don't have anything to busy ourselves over whilst doing the small talk, it makes for an awkward start to the interaction. Now, I'm sure most European listeners will mirror this, but I have to say, I remember having various language exchanges, even from across Europe when I was younger, and they also denied the suggestion of a cup of tea or a basic drink. And it just makes us Brits feel a little less comfortable because... The only thing left to do if you're not making a cup of tea for somebody is to sit down and, and start talking with them. And I'm only speculating here, as always, on this podcast. But I reckon it's something to do with our need for small talk about the weather, how the traffic was getting here. And for older generations, they might even ask what road or route did you take? Like, uh, oh, if, you, if you were hit by traffic, you probably took the M1, right? Yeah. Road works from junction 10 to 7 at the moment. Yeah, best to take the A road home. You'll take the A road home, yeah? Yes, yes, I will. I will. 
So I think younger generations find this annoying because we just use a phone. We just use the sat nav. Whereas, yeah, older people have the knowledge and they like to talk about it. Um, and an A road is a smaller road than a motorway, a two lane motorway normally. Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. Oh, and, and the other one that I've cottoned on to, the other small talk question, cottoned on to, meaning I've started to realise something recently. The other one that I've cottoned on to recently is uh, if you have a partner, a very simple one, but it's, it's just guaranteed in the, in the small talk. How's your girlfriend? Or how's your husband? How's your wife? Or life partner? Fuck, buddy. Whatever. Whatever they are to you, they will ask, how are they? And we use small talk as a warm up to having some serious conversations and telling stories where we can make fun of each other, perhaps. So to make the warm up more interesting, we like to multitask and faff over the preparation of a good cuppa for our guests. Therefore, politely accepting is most likely the best option to go with. And I say most likely because after thinking back over the countless cups of tea I've been offered, there are moments when it could be a bit rude to accept it. And this is down to the habitual nature we've gotten into of asking if you want a cuppa when somebody comes to your home. So even if the host is in a rush or your plans for the evening don't include time for a cup of tea at their house, they will still ask you based on on habit, really. And there, it's your job to determine if that is a reasonable suggestion to take them up on. So if you think it will cause problems, logistically speaking, then uh, feel free to reject it politely by saying, "Uh, no, I'm okay, thanks. Or, oh, I'd love one, but I don't think we've got time, do we? And... Just like that scenario, we have also run out of time for today, as this is a bite-sized episode, meaning a short one. But you can still find the free worksheet I've made for this podcast in the show notes. The transcripts are available on the BritishEnglishPodcast.com. And you can also enjoy season one of The Academy, which is a whole world of learning resources that I have created for you online. So head over there if you want me to help push your language learning in the right direction. My name's Charlie Baxter, and I will see you next time on the British English Podcast. Oh, I just remembered I, I was going to sign off as if we were doing a, a, a goodbye if you had hosted me for a bit and given me a cup of tea. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, can't wait to see you again soon. Yeah, take care. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>